So, so welcome to episode four of From Hut 22. So it's been a fairly busy week, I think, on Friends of Skiros. There's been lots of activities. And I get the feeling that lots of people have started now to venture out a little bit further. Albeit, I think, um, I mean, I've been to the local a few times. And um, I have to say, yeah, in the in the quest of meeting friends and having a pizza, but sitting in the uh, in the cold quite late in the evening, um, doesn't quite go together. But it's, it's still progress, I guess. So, yeah. So things are moving on, aren't they? Um, and I think quite a lot of us have also, particularly in the UK, um, have had a bit of sunshine. So uh, it does feel feel a bit more spring like. Anyway, um, it, yeah, today I, uh, I'd like to welcome Di to, um, to episode four. Um, hello. Hi. Hi, Paula. Hi. Um, so we, we just did a very quick um, check in before we, we started this one. Um, and as I said to Di, I know absolutely <laughs> nothing about you. Um, <laughs> so I've seen your picture on Facebook and I've seen a little bit of kind of activity on Friends of Skiros. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is the big reveal um, for me. <laughs> Not a lot by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> promises, promises. Brilliant. <laughs> so um, I suppose the first thing is that the, obviously the connection with the podcast is about Skiros. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the thing that we've all got in common. So I guess my first question to you is, um, is what took you to Skiros and, and when did you go? Well, um, I first went in September 2001. So it's my 20 year anniversary this year, <laughs> which is why I'm absolutely desperate to go back. Um, and I've booked on the last two weeks of July. So fingers crossed it can go ahead. Um, yeah. So I, what first took me there? Um, do you know what? I'd kind of I'd heard about it for a while. I'd had the brochure mm-hmm. and um I was kind of, you know, I felt I was dabbling on the edge of kind of more spiritual things, kind of getting more into yoga and stuff like that. And it just felt like the right time to go. I knew that I was leaving my corporate job at the end of that year. So the end of December in 2001, after eight years in the one organization. And it was like I needed to go somewhere to kind of confirm that what I was doing was the right thing. Okay. Uh, and that's what when I think about Skiros over the years, that's what it's been about for me. It's been, it's been about kind of consolidating decisions that I'd almost made, yeah. <laughs> but not quite confirmed, you know, got quite committed myself to. So yeah, September 2001. And I was there when 9-11 happened. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Yeah. So it was very, it was, it was quite um, poignant and that was kind of the Tuesday of week the first week that was back in the days when it was a whole fortnight and uh, I don't know whether that had a particular effect um, in terms of deepening the connections within the group but you know I've still got friendships from that that holiday 20 years ago you know people that are now woven into my life you know over the last 20 years and and it being there when something a world event like that happened and you know there was no there was no internet connection no <laughs> mobile phone connection at the time so the only way we found out about it is by by being told um it was Pete at the time who was the director and he kind of got everyone together and said I've only had to do this once before and I think it was probably when the queen mum died or something like that and yeah. um and told us you know what had happened oh my goodness uh, never saw any of it on the tv until 
coming back from the holiday so yeah very very strange one yeah that, that's interesting isn't it because I imagine you know obviously things have improved in terms of connectivity over there yeah but even so I think you could you know I was gonna say the world could almost end couldn't it without you necessarily knowing about it not immediately we, we were really now. kind of cosseted and protected from it I remember kind of crowding around the little office um to try and see something uh, you know hear something about it on the radio mm. um and I know that what they'd done is they'd before making the kind of general announcement to everybody we had a few people from the states on that fortnight and they'd um so including actually somebody I'm still really friendly with and her brother worked in New York so they'd sort out, you know, individuals that they thought might be, um, you know, additionally impacted first and yeah. spoken to them and then, you know, made the general announcement to everyone else. But, yeah, it was it was we were I mean, we did a little vigil that night up in the the magic circle, um, but we were kind of like in this bubble. And then it only really kind of impacted on us when we came out of Atsitsa. Um, And I remember going to Athens Airport. It was a whole different experience traveling through an airport you know with the security yeah. yeah after what had happened and then at the time I lived in London so kind of arriving back in London and everything being very heightened there and I was working in the city and so it's like it's like the world had shifted on its axis um but what also what also was kind of strange was they'd stopped showing a lot of the coverage that the shocking coverage on the tv um I don't know whether they'd been you know somebody had said oh this can have having a major impact on people but I never actually saw the footage of the towers collapsing until a few months later when there was a documentary about the oh really so all that, yeah all that kind of really shocking tv coverage that a lot of people you know saw live and so mm -hmm. like, we we didn't you know we were kind of protected from that yeah, yeah. I mean it was it was wall-to-wall -wall coverage yes um, yeah, you know, it is one of those events, isn't it, where people say, you know, I remember where I was when. Um, you definitely remember you know, where, where yeah. Of course, yeah. I'd remember being in Skiros anyway, but I remember <laughs> that was definitely. I remember that was there. Yeah, yeah, so that was that was my first first time there, but I've been a few times since, but I've not been for ten years again, which is why I have to go this summer. <laughs> it's like ten years gap and twenty years since I first went, but I went a lot in the kind of you know the early 2000s um and yeah sort of had some amazing experiences really yeah. did yeah and did you always go to Atsitsa or did you go to Skiros um town or, or oh I did a I did a um I, I, I would say Atsitsa is my in my heart really um yeah. but I so I did I went to Atsitsa in September and then um the I knew I was leaving my company at the end of the the year as I said and but part of the decision I consolidated when I was uh, in Atsitsa was that I was going to go away traveling. Um, and actually what I decided to do is to start my round the world trip by doing Skiros in Thailand. So only, oh. yeah, only six months later, I was uh, in uh, Thailand doing two weeks. Um, so that would be in February, 2002. And that was Dina, Dina Gluberman was the uh, director uh and John Wiggum who's no sadly no longer with us he was um he was there and Savanti who's who will be there doing the yoga this summer if I you know if we get there so um so yeah I had I had two weeks there in the Thailand one 
And then when I came back from my travels, I was away for about eight months. And then the following year, I went back to Atsitsa in September 2003. I went again in September 2004. And then I had a gap. Um, and I went to the Skiros Centre. Um, so I went on a writing course. But I kind of really, I, I, li I liked it, but it, but I really felt like I should have been over the other side of the island. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I mean, I had a great time and there was four women in particular that we all gelled together and we, we kind of did the Thelma and Louise thing and hired a Jeep and travel around the island. So it was a very different experience and I loved the writing course, but um I'm a, you know, the kind of more social kind of meeting lots of people elements of that seat so I sort of missed so we we kind of we went over a few times <laughs> right yeah but it feels weird to drop into it when you're not been you're not there for the whole session yeah, yeah you feel a little bit like kind of the uninvited guest of the party yeah. it's kind of welcome but you're not really part of it yeah yeah, yeah. I remember that actually because the, um, I remember the first time I went that the people that were at Skiros um, town a lot of people we'd met on the plane yes yeah. yeah, they came over, I think, uh, for a meal one evening and and it felt, kind of felt like we knew them, but not really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's all this stuff that's already been happening that you're not party to. And, mm. you know, there's, it's kind of, yeah, it's mm. I mean, not, it, it wasn't about anybody being unwelcoming at all, but it was just that you'd missed out on things. So. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So so, th so then I when I um, went back again two years later, which was um, sort of uh, July, August kind of 2011, I went back to at Sitsa, um, and that was my last time that I was there. So, okay. um, yeah. and what sorts of um, courses would you normally have chosen, or, or, or you know, I I would basically do everything and anything that I could. <laughs> <laughs> so I would usually be going there thinking, oh, you know, I need to chill and relax, and you know, not try and do everything. But it's my personality; I hate missing out, which is why I was saying what I was saying about Sitsa. So. I would do everything, you know, I would always be doing, I would get up and do something first thing in the morning, like yoga. Um, yeah. I, um, I mean, I'm, I remember the very first one, I, Michael Stewart used to be um, quite a regular at, uh, at Sitsa teaching drumming. Um, so I really got into the African drumming, the djembe drumming. And, and actually, you know, coming back to the UK sort of after that, that trip and after I'd been traveling I did a lot of uh drumming workshops in London with him and you know other people um so that was really good and then kind of arty things and some some kind of personal development sort of you know contemplating evil type things but mm -hmm. I, suppose I've, I suppose I've made judgments about whether I felt like in the right place to do that mm -hmm. um I remember when I went to uh Skiros in Thailand um I think I was the only person in that group who didn't do Dina's course. Um, and that was the kind of, um, you know, the kind of what about your dreams and et cetera. Um, it, and for me, it was just that the place I was at, I was just about to go on this big adventure. This was the first two weeks of a six months, um, you know, kind of traveling. And it, it, it just didn't feel like the right time for me to do that. Sure. Um um but yeah but I, I know in, in that seat so I've done all sorts of things and, and I've got a bit of a funny story about um the last time I was there in uh in in 2011 because um I really fancied doing the mosaics and I kind of got there and you know when you go you're in the magic circle and 
you know, the, all the tutors are telling you a little bit about the different courses. Yeah, yeah, and, do all of it. <laughs> yeah, and then you stood in front of the sign-up board and yeah. I stood there and I thought, but, you know, my best friend's a mosaic artist. I can do go to Brighton and do mosaics with her anytime. I can, you know, I can mm. spend some time dipping into the, where all the mosaics are set up and have a go because I know, you know, I know basically what I'm doing. Um, and I signed up for Tantric Love. <laughs> okay <laughs> and I don't know if it's ever run again <laughs> but I thought what am I doing and at the time I was at a kind of very particular point in my life because I'd been trying to have a child on my own and at that point in 2011 I was I think I was up to IVF number nine oh. yeah I'd been on quite a journey and I was actually injecting in my hut <laughs> in in readiness for egg collection when I came home slightly bizarre um and you know it was like the whole thing about you know I was so detached from being in a relationship at that point because I'd kind of made this decision well you know I haven't met Mr Wright in time I'm doing this on my own and to then do this course about love and you know I thought what am I doing but that's what that's what Skiros does to you it kind of just (laughs) You know, it makes you do the things that you wouldn't normally do, you know, kind of get out of the box a bit. And it does. Yeah, it, yeah, was, um, yeah. it, was, it was a funny experience, yeah. I know. I but, do remember that kind of coming back from the first time because I went thinking I'm going on a writing holiday. That's what yeah. I need to do. And, yeah. and actually I was so torn because um, I, I could easily have not done a writing um, course, but I felt, yeah. I, you know, stupidly thought, well, what am I going to say when I get home? And so... I didn't do writing, but I did, you know, something completely off the wall. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, actually, subsequently, when I went back, I realised, actually, I didn't go to please anybody else. I went to... <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I went exactly. And it, it, it is, there's, there's a little bit of, of the Atsitsa and Skiros experience that it is hard to explain and articulate to someone who's not been there. Yeah. You know, yeah. how do you explain what it's like to be in a room in the in the house and you know Susie was there Susie self was there doing um doing a singing course and they were all in the they were all in the sea outside the window kind of <laughs> making making wonderful noises and we were all inside like doing some kind of breathing exercise and chanting and you know like oh yeah it was just anyone walking down that road would have thought what the heck is going on here uh, I can assure you there wasn't anything inappropriate going on um but uh, but it just feels it just kind of feels normal when you're there to do that sort of stuff but if you it just does. took it yeah. out of there and put it in another context it would be very different yeah um yeah. Well, I can I can kind of relate to that because um, last well the last time I went I did I'm trying to think what her name is but um oh uh, Silky um is the oh body yes works. yeah yeah, body uh, yeah and there was a point in the week where we were giving uh, touch we were touching uh, and and learning about the kind of impact of touch and um and she was just numbering people around the the magic circle. And there was an uneven number of people, and I ended up with yeah. two guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and she said, "Are you okay with that?" And I was thinking, "Well, this is never going to happen to me again, is it?" You know, I'm never <laughs> of ever. Course I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've sort of. It's funny because I've the, when I was thinking back of most of the times I've been, there's a sort of theme of naughtiness. I think. <laughs> 
that kind of comes up and uh, one of the one of the experiences that oh, was just hilarious was um i think it was on the third trip that i did um i i'd got really friendly with um uh well i mean you get friendly with loads of people but there was there was a gaggle of girls shall we say and we when there was the boat trip halfway through we found ourselves like kind of sat on the beach talking about sex as you do and we sort of then said oh it's like it's like an alternative ecos group and we and we called it the sex offs group <laughs> and then we decided that we would do something for the cabaret based on this principle and we spent most of the second week of the holiday interviewing anyone male (laughs) work scholars staff participants I mean we didn't force them to do it but we we basically interviewed them about sex I mean it was everything from like you know fantasies to like what's the most unusual place you've had sex and we just concentrate I don't know why we just concentrated on on men I'm a diversity and inclusion consultant so it was pretty biased (laughs) for me um but we just concentrated on men and then we scripted this all into um a show and if you kind of if you've ever seen vagina monologues you know you yeah, have yeah. women sat on the um the stools and that's how we did it and we we sat there and we were all dressed in virginal white and we had this talking stick and there'd been a course where uh, there's this big wooden stick and it was like when you had the stick that's when you did your talking so we used that which was this enormous phallic thing <laughs> Um, and we just basically, you know, we sat there all innocently and saying, and somebody here, you know, has had 122 sexual partners. You know, it was all like this. We never named anybody. <laughs> sort of point fingers, but it was like, and everyone had obviously given this inf- inf- in the information in good faith. But it was, so, oh, it was absolutely hilarious. I've never laughed so much in my life. It was just... Yeah, it was classic. I'll never forget it. And then, you know, on subsequent trips when I've been there, there's been, you know, kind of doing, I remember doing a skit on a, because I did a massage course and we were using like natural ingredients. And then myself and my friend Kim, who I'd met in Skiros and we'd gone back together, we went booked to go on the same trip the following year. We did this skit on the massage course where, um, we were using ingredients to because we, we we set it that we were in a wine bar you know it's like it was as if we'd come yeah. back here and say oh have you had a chance to use any of those massage techniques you learned and and we're like no well I haven't got anyone to practice on and then we sort of like said well what about them two over there and we primed the two guys so we picked them out of the audience and got them up on the stage and then we did this whole massage scenario with them where we like where Kim would say to me but we haven't got anything to exfoliate them with. And I'd say, I know. And like, we'd grab a bag of a, a, a bowl of crisps and crunch the crisps <laughs> and like rub the crisps into the back and, and I ended up kind of putting ice cream on them as a sort of moisturizer. It was just, oh my goodness. it was total, total at seat. So it was just, yeah, total skiros. It was wonderful. Oh, um, if if and when we get to go this summer, I'm taking my son because my you know I finally finally was successful. Oh, okay. Quest to have a child, and I you know I now have an eight year old. Well, he'd be nine nine in August. Um, so I've really wanted to take him. I would have taken him last last year, but obviously you know that all yeah. got shut down. Um, and it, it is really funny because I'm really thinking, what's he gonna think? <laughs> like, <laughs> If I behave anything near what I did 
when I was there in previous times. He's going to think, what planet has my mother come down from? Um, I think he'll actually love it. So I'm quite excited to to take him there. I think he'll probably go very feral and uh, <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So, so what have you told him about it? How have you sold it to him? Oh, do you know what he's he's got quite obsessed with it um i think i think in lots of ways simply because we have been in lockdown there's not been a lot of variety of you know things to do in recent times yeah. and i talked to him about the idea of going and he's he's talking about it a lot he's really talking about it a lot and uh I've, you know, I've, I've had to explain, you know, he won't be on his iPad and he won't be able to take his Nintendo Switch and uh, there's not a swimming pool, but there is the sea. And uh, no, he's, you know, he, I, I've just talked about, I mean, he knows about yoga and things like that. So I think he kind of gets it but to a certain degree. Um, oh. It will be really interesting to see how he gets on. Um yeah, I think he's he's quite creative. So I think, it, you know, he would, I want him to get involved in some of the arty things and, you know, I'll, I'll get him, I think if the drums are still there, we'll kind of get those out. And yeah, so yeah. I think it will be. really interesting to see how it goes because um, yeah. obviously when you, you're talking about going, I don't know if you've been when, when there are children there, but I've no. not. Um, no. And I've done that by, you know, by choice because I work with kids as, you know, that's my day job. Yeah. Um, so I I deliberately chose not to go when there were children there. But um, yes. but one of the things that I remember thinking when I came, so my my children are older. Um, I thought that one of the things that I'd really like to be able to afford to do in the future would be to gift them both a holiday. You know, because it it'd be my special. Yeah. Trip, I thought how amazing that would be. That'd be and actually, Yeah, and it would be such a lovely thing to do. But actually, by default, my older son Joe. Um, ended up being a work scholar two years ago oh amazing That's yeah amazing. so he's been yeah. um yeah he's probably as far from uh, kind of the principles and ethos of skip of um skiros and it sits of them probably and he went because he had he had time basically time was on his hands um, yeah and he was lured in by the the promise of windsurfing and um you know and basically a greek holiday i think but um but my other son um grew up with woodcraft folk and okay lots of woodcraft activities which have always made me think you know if you'd been able to sort of turn back time actually that is at sitzer is about you know i think it's woodcraft by the sea basically yeah (laughs) Absolutely. And Jay, my son, Jaden, he's such a water baby. And so am I, you know, I've, I've done the swim around the island a few times when I've been there and things like that. And I'm really, you know, I want to kind of do the paddle boarding and things with him. And, and, you know, I think he'll, he will love all of that. And yeah, he's going to, I did, I did think about it a lot. And I actually put a post on the friends of Skiros page when I was kind of weighing it up about taking him. And I got such, um, lovely messages and replies on it um for people who'd taken their children and what kind of experience they'd had because I think like yourself having never been there when there was children there Mm. um and to be honest probably not wanting to be there when there was children there particularly when I was going through all my IVF you know Uh it was a bit too you know difficult for me to kind of you know I wanted to sort of separate myself away from that a little bit um and so you know i didn't i don't really have this picture of kind of what what it's like with children there but i i got some great insights from uh 
from other people in the friends of Skeros group and that that was it I was like right and then I booked it <laughs> so so yeah I'm really hoping it can definitely go ahead fingers crossed yeah. yeah yeah and yeah I mean I you know I've had Jay late in life because you know I'm he's so he's going to be nine this summer and I'm I'm how old am I I'm 54 so I was 34 when I first went to Skeros and um yeah so I'm, I'm 54 now so um so you know it's kind of it's it's something that we can kind of enjoy together hopefully and, and mm. he, I, I certainly heard, I've heard from people who've taken their kids back time and time again which is quite yeah. amazing I don't know if I can afford to do that but <laughs> <laughs> yeah no you definitely hear of people don't you saying that that's that, yeah that that's yeah what's done, that that's been their, their family holiday that's where they go and yes and I get the sense having spoken to you know talking to Emma and a few others that actually you know the the um the beauty is that probably they can be quite feral yes you need to have your space don't you you're not going to be with him 24 7 I know and I yeah I mean Jay I think I don't know if there's a different rule now but I think there was a rule for a time where they had to be five and above and I always thought kind of you know when I when I was busy in the first few years of Jay's life oh as soon as he's five I'll take him to um to Skiros you know I never never really wanted there to be this 10-year gap um but when he uh started school some kind of issues kind of surfaced in him being in that environment and cut a long story short we've been through a bit of a journey and um he now has a diagnosis of autism um and he's he's very um bright and intelligent and but he, you know, he went through quite a challenging time not knowing how to regulate like his feelings and his emotions and to read situations. Um, so it didn't it didn't feel like it was right at the right time to take him kind of back then when he was like five, six, seven. Um, yeah. And, you know, by, by last year, I kind of felt he was in the right, you know, we were in the right place to go because for, for, it's a bit, the bit about me being able to relax, really, yeah. not to be kind of thinking, oh, is everything all right? And you know, not not have to sort of be hand holding him yeah. and everyone around him through through it all. But I feel I feel very confident in terms of where he's at and what seats are is like and the peop the general sentiment of the people that are there and you know, everyone looks out for each other and you know, that's what it that's sort of yeah. it, it feels like. So I'm you know, I'm pretty confident it will be it will be fine. Um yeah, I think he it will, will you know, he will yeah. be able to be reasonably independent from from me yeah and let me let me get some me time because I haven't had a lot of that with all the schools being closed (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. no I mean it 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 has to be doesn't it I I just expect it to be a totally accepting environment and yeah um yeah and um and really good for him to meet new children and to make new friends um and know that you're happy having a nice time as well because that's key isn't it you know yeah children feed off their parents definitely exactly the homeschool's been a bit of a challenge has it oh well do you know Paula it's it's just it's not so much the homeschooling per se it's just the combination of circumstances you know I I run my own business and unfortunately when the first lockdown hit um all my work got cancelled and it's not that there's not a need for diversity and inclusion consultancy because clearly there is and you know George Floyd's murder had added to that etc but um but it just happened to be who I was working with, um, uh, like an airport and, you know, a hospital. And they just didn't have the resources or their own world had turned upside down. So I lost all my work 
um, and it's, and and uh, then found out I didn't qualify for any government support because I'm a director of my own limited company. So the only thing I was able to do was furlough myself on a very tiny salary, which isn't you know doesn't even didn't even cover the mortgage. It's not that kind of eighty percent sort of uh, situation that furlough is for most people. Um, and at the same time, my son was sent home from school. So you know, but. <sighs> you know being it having the capacity to pivot and generate more work from nothing you know a pipeline had just dried up um it was oh it was so tough yeah it was really tough and there was no bubbles you know so I'm a single parent there was no bubbles so even though my dad moved up to Scotland where I am like when when my son was three um we couldn't we couldn't uh, see them or you know because the risk he would take to them and vice versa bubbles weren't weren't brought in at that point so yeah and as much as I love my son you know it I went for five months with only about 10 hours apart from him oh literally five months and uh I'd normally have 130 hours a month to kind of do my stuff you know when he's at school and a couple of nights of after school um so yeah when I look back and then and then of course we've done it all over again with the the lockdown um you know this this last period but the thing that's been different sort of January, February, March, is that I have generated lots of work again. So this time it's a different thing. It's been a guilt thing because I've been neglecting him because I've had all this work to do. So I've been working, you know, getting up early and working late, working weekends, trying to keep on top of the work. And I couldn't turn away the work because I lost so much income last year playing catch-up. So, but, you know, he's back. He's gone back to school this week. Um, So he had two and a half weeks before Easter. And he's gone back this week. And now, this bit now feels we're more into, you know, how it used to be. We've got this, you know, hopefully a stretch of time ahead sure. uh, where it's kind of more, well, I don't even know what normal is anymore. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but it's it's certainly not trying to do everything. No. Um, and we have been able to bubble with my mum and dad now because, you know, we're, they're vaccinated and I'm vaccinated. And so I, I can pull on them for a childcare if I if I really, really need it. Although, you know, they're, they're sort of 79 and 82, so they have the limits as well. Yeah. But yeah. 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 So it's been quite, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it, once again, it just demonstrates, doesn't it, that not every lockdown is equal. You know, we've all had no. different experiences. Yeah. I've done, yeah. that's one of the things I've done a lot of work on in the last 12 months, sort of trying to raise awareness about the unequal impacts of the pandemic on, you know, different categories mm. of people, different, I mean, you know, there's been press about it, about, with ethnicity and things like that but yeah so I've done quite a lot of work around around that but um but yeah but it's a you know we've got to learn the lessons from it as well haven't we and kind of move forward and I I think what for me you know I'm such a people person and although I'm used to you know being fiercely independent and kind of running my own business and running my own show and all that kind of thing um you know what I find really hard is you know the lack of social contact so friends of Skiros has been yeah great I've, I've not I've not been massively active in it because you know I've just not had a lot uh, the time to do that but it's just been really good to be part of that community and I, I was reflecting on this in sort of you know readiness to talk talking to you today and thinking you know despite the fact I've not been to Skiros for 10 years I, I don't feel any less part of it you know no. yeah. and you know the strap line on the website about the holiday you take home with you I don't know if it says that yeah anything. yeah I thought to me, it's not, it's not, for me, it's not just the holiday that you take home with you. It's the holiday that never leaves you. 
<laughs> it just doesn't, you know, it kind of gets into your soul. And um, I meet people, you know, in, in, I have loads of synchronicities and I meet people in random situations and get chatting, you know, and then they'll say something. And I, I, was, I remember meeting somebody on a plane and he was talking about how he changed his life and he kind of given up his marketing job and got into co- doing coaching. And uh, and I said, oh, so what made you do that? And he said, oh, well, I was on this holistic holiday. And I went, you weren't in Skiros, were you? And it turned out, you know, he was a bit of a stalwart of Skiros. And yeah, so it kind of pops up in not just on the Greek island. You know, I've, I've kind of been, uh, I've been in situations, I've been in Spain and bumped into somebody that <laughs> I met in at Caesar and... No, yeah, it's really yeah. random sometimes. Or maybe it's not random. It's kind of all part of the big plan. It's all meant to be. <laughs> all meant to be. Yeah, definitely. So you, um, you, you said that you'd been working in London and you, yeah. um, you, you're living in Scotland, but you yeah. don't have a either a London or a Scottish accent. <laughs> no, no. I um, I'm from Lancashire originally, so um. So I'm, I grew up in Burnley, and uh, and then I went uh, I went to live in Chester. I lived in Chester for about four years. I went posh. Everyone, all my friends said, <laughs> moved to Cheshire. Um, and then I went. I lived in London for about eight years, and it was you know it was London that I, I was living in when I first went to at Seatser and London when I went away traveling, and all of that was from that base in London. But when I I mean you know when I was saying about being in that seat has helped me consolidate decisions it's where I made the decision that I was going to move to Scotland okay yeah it was it was there in my head as a possibility but it was where I moved from that kind of muting ideas and possibilities to think to that decisive I'm going to do this and that's what that's what's happened to me quite a lot in that seat so it's it's not that I've been walking along the beach and suddenly thought I'm going to change my life the the I've been building to the change but I've Mm -hmm. kind of that that final tipping point that you sometimes need um so yeah I kind of you know made the decision to move to Scotland and uh and did that yeah I did that 16 years ago I've been here longer than I've been anywhere okay. so, so yeah but I haven't yeah. lost I haven't lost the Lancashire no you haven't, you definitely <laughs> haven't. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to the other podcast the other day when Heather was on with the Yorkshire the Yorkshire yeah. <laughs> My, I don't know if my accent's as strong as hers, but um, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it is interesting that you know the the idea that um, yeah, the idea that it sits helps you to consolidate decision making yeah. as opposed to you know light bulb moments. Um, yeah. and I yeah, guess that's... it is because you've got you've got no other interruptions. You've got um, you know, you're just just although you've got all those people around you and all of the kind of you know yeah the influences of the courses you've also got it's just you isn't it yourself with your own thoughts. it is yeah. yeah and it's it's just I've never I've never really I mean I've got I've traveled a lot I've been very lucky but I've never really felt that sense of just uh total acceptance that you feel of yourself and of others and you know than I have when I've been in in Skiros it's kind of weird it's like you know on every level sort of you know body consciousness you know those kind of things Mm -hmm. and you know it's kind of yeah it's a very freeing feeling and I think when you free yourself from those kind of constraints then you can make the big life decisions you know you can consolidate on the things I mean yeah I mean you know it was 
it was there that I decided it was there that I decided to go off traveling in the first place it was kind of I was muting that idea but it was like oh this is quite a big thing to do in your mid-30s um and you know it was it was in that seat so I decided I was going to do that um it was you know I made decisions about kind of related to the fertility treatment and things you know when I was there about trying for a child on my own in the first place I made that decision when I was there and you know what I was going to do next and yeah so it'll always be a very special place for me because it's like where the seeds have been not not just sown but kind of really firmly planted and (laughs) yeah and nurtured and so so that so that the change then becomes inevitable yeah yeah so it's not I go home and it's no longer just an idea it's a plan yeah you know that's that's the shift that I find myself making when I've been in that that setting and if I could bottle that oh my god you know (laughs) like Like fortune absolutely yeah absolutely it would be amazing um yeah oh I will be I don't know how I'm going to deal with it if I can't go if you know if something goes wrong with this flipping virus and we can't can't go in July I'm going to be devastated I really am but um fingers crossed crossed, yeah so I've got a couple of questions for you before we um before we sign off. So yeah. um, one is probably I don't know if it's a yes no, but um you do you still have your letters? Did did you write home to yourself when you were there? Yes, actually, yeah, I do. I do have them. I haven't looked at them for years, but no, I have this like box with um personal development stuff in it, and yeah, I hung on to those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the children get to do that, but it'd be that's interesting to see whether that's something that, yeah, the children are encouraged. And I, and I know we did a few times where, like, pinning a bit of flip chart on your, on your back and you walk around the magic circle and people write stuff on your back. Um, I don't know if they still do that, but I've, I've, I remember I had that pinned up above my desk for a long time. You know, it was things people said about me and my kind of what spirit I had. And, you know, it was like the impact I'd had. Yeah. And you went round and, you you know, you reciprocated. You just kind of, we were all wandering around with pens writing on people's backs. That was that. I kept that as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I've done that with children, actually. Yeah, you're kind of, yeah, yeah, I think we've done it with um, with hands. You know, you write something positive on everyone's fingers. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then my other question is, so... um, so you're up in the bath and the music uh the music's playing what's going to get you up on the dance floor oh my gosh oh <laughs> anything <laughs> um oh I, I i don't know if i could name a specific tune uh i'm, I'm rubbish at like song names and um but anything with a good kind of beat uh, what's that song in the troll movie <laughs> i can't think of justin timberlake sings because that one always gets me up um but I think I think what um, what gets me up in particular in that setting in that seat, sir. So if anyone gets out the drums, okay, yeah, yeah. If the yeah. if the if the djembe drums come up to the, you know, I just it's like I'm releasing some inner African woman that's inside me. I don't know, but I just um, yeah, I kind of anything with that kind of tribal beat, and mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely up for that. But I'm up for all the pop stuff as well. So yeah, brilliant. Basically, brilliant. can't stop me. <laughs> Well, I really hope you get onto the dance floor. It's oh, me too. And, yeah, uh, I hope, I hope yeah. you do too. I don't know if yeah, you're planning absolutely. to go. Yeah, I have it. it it's 
yeah I'm, I think I'm I'm optimistic I'm hoping so I just yeah if I don't I don't it will be next year but we'll yeah see. but yeah. Um, yeah but really looking forward to, to hearing what your son makes of it as well Very I exciting. know it'll be amazing and I I, just, I really I want to go for all the historic reasons but I also want to go because I feel that you know with the friends of Skiros like I've connects I've met people through that that you know I now want to meet them in that setting because I've met them in the Friends of Skiros. Oh absolutely. So there's kind of that there's both that pull as well you know the meeting yeah. people from a future point of view. Oh I know I, but I think in order to do that I probably have to be there for the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> How, is there an age limit to being a work scholar? <laughs> no not at all no maybe that's the thing. To do, maybe, when, but... <laughs> maybe when Jaden's gone to university if he does. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go back there as a work scholar, but how old will I be then? I don't know, 60-something. <laughs> I'd give it a go. Give it a go, definitely, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, it's been really lovely to talk to you. And now, you I, know, oh, you know, now I know you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I do. So thank you so much. Thank um, you so much to you too. Have a good weekend. Yes, you too, definitely. Right. Thank you, bye. Bye. bye.